Hey everybody and welcome to episode 55 of the Reviver Cell podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself Podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys, welcome to episode 55. I hope you're well, hope you're all happy and healthy and um you know i've been getting as always great feedback awesome show last week with dr livingstone got lots of people messaging me saying they really liked uh, how honest i was there and um and how and how dr livingstone approached it so that's awesome and also once again everyone going through the the the, the free mini course has been lots of comments on that um and we've actually got a lot of guys who have joined our one-to-one courses through that because um, they've been struggling. So guys, if you are struggling and with a chronic issue, whether it be diabetes, thyroid issues, gut issue, a skin issue, whatever it is, guys, you know, um, head on over to www.reviveyourself.co. You can enroll in our free four-day mini course, which is going to teach you lots. Uh, and if you do want just a one-to-one um, coaching, want to get f- get through it um, uh, quick as possible, and put these these pains and frustrations behind you, then um, click on the contact, fill out the form, and I'll be uh, or me or one of my team will be in touch uh, within 24 to 48 hours, um, and we can talk to you how we can help you through that. Because we got lots of testimonials come out recently. Once with Sally who had so many different health issues you know she was on 45 tablets a day and we've completely i mean she couldn't get out of bed pains everywhere and we completely transformed the health which i'm going to put on the website but it's on my facebook page and if you want to follow my facebook page uh, we obviously got the revive yourself page um revive yourself forward slash natural health uh, and you also got my my personal page which is just a picture of like, my profile picture is me um there's the same profile picture actually as i got my podcast so it's the blue background of me with a smoothie to add us up there and also we just got dave's testimonial coming out um dave charmley who suffered for a long time with chronic fatigue none of the doctors or specialists could help him consultants etc the usual story and you know within three to four weeks we turned it around and dave's story is phenomenal so i want to get that out to everyone too um so yeah guys if you need any help then don't hesitate to reach out and head on over to www.reviveyourself.co lots of free information there and all the podcasts anyway on to today's show today's guest is Phil Escott, um, the author of actually Kindle bestseller, Arthritis, The Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. Now, I really want to get Phil's sto- Phil on here because his story is really powerful. Um, he tried everything to reverse his arthritis. He went vegetarian, he went vegan, he'd been vegan for a long period of time. Nothing worked until he went on the carnivore diet where he just ate meat. And this has been um, something that happens to, for lots of people. I also want to get Sean Baker on the show soon. Soon, Sean Baker, MD, who's a, who's a heart surgeon, he's on the carnivore diet as well. And you know, my 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 take on things in in the in the fitness world, uh, sorry, well, especially, but even in the health world, especially, I should say, I would say fitness and health. But I know we're natural health, and I train because it's part of my lifestyle. But the fitness world's terrible when it comes to actual health, <laughs> health, getting people healthy. Um, 
it's great for losing weight and, and body shape, but when it comes to internal health, 99.9% of the stuff that they promote is garbage. And when it comes to health as well, there's so much, so much dogma in the in the health industry around what to eat, what not to eat. Veganism is fastly becoming a religion, uh, where people have just got so much, they've just got a fear-based dogma around this is the only way you should eat. Well, if someone takes all the vegetables out of their diet and just eats meat and accuses himself of of arthritis and other people have done it with depression and other people have done it with all sorts of different chronic health issues then you know it doesn't matter what the books say you can't argue with, with results results are the only thing that matter you know what works is the only thing that matter so it's really important for me to to get both sides of the story on here because some people will thrive on a vegan diet others won't some people will thrive on a carnivore diet others won't and the majority of people will sit somewhere in the middle um, but it's really important for me to get every single different aspect out there so you just start to understand that guys that we're all unique and there isn't just one approach and you know your body can change one minute it can be one in meat next minute it can be one in vegetables it depends on your mental emotional state lots of different factors so Phil's story is brilliant. I really can't wait for you to hear this interview, guys. Um, he's got his own website at pureactivity.net, which we're going to on the show. But without further ado, here's Phil, here's the episode, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, guys, episode 54, and we're here with Phil Escott from Lancashire. Now, Phil's a guy I got recommended to by a friend, um, and he's got a brilliant book out uh, called what's well, Kindle bestseller called Arthritis the best thing that ever happened to me uh, he's the author of that and you can find him at www.pureactivity.net so Phil welcome to the show how are you doing today I'm doing great thanks so much for having me on no it's <laughs> awesome mate. we've just been talking off air and um, just while his son was getting out of the house so didn't get any noise etc but we touched on so many brilliant topics. I was like, look, we've got to start the podcast now because otherwise <laughs> we would be rehashing things we've already said and uh, it's really interesting um, listening to Phil talk and we agree on lots of different aspects. Um, so, Phil, just for people out there, um, just tell them a little bit about your story. You know? I mean, he's got a great video that you can watch on YouTube as well talking about his top 10 tips for reversing autoimmune disease. But how did you get into this, Phil? What was... What was yeah? What's your background? How did you get into sort of the natural health world? Yeah, so fa- funny old background. Well, I mean, mm. all all of my life, I've been really fascinated with everything from health to spirituality to all that sort of thing, and moved up to um, to where I live now because of the whole TM Transcendental Meditation community, which I don't have a, a great deal to do with anymore. But it was a great part of my life, and you know, I got into the whole. Um, ayurvedic vegetarian type thing and since you find out ayurvedic isn't actually vegetarian but yeah so i got into all of that kind of thing and got very interested in diet health and whatever and by by 96 i was well basically i'm a musician that's that's what i am a drummer and um, done all sorts of other things and run a gym and all kinds of things. You've got a big, big set of drums behind you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all stacked up and those, <laughs> those other ones are the practice ones, the electronic ones, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so so um, I seem to develop this whole interest in, in health alongside all of, all of that. And I got so fascinated in it. I wrote my first book back in 96 on Ayurveda and exercise and, you know, yoga, pranayama, all that kind of thing. And um, I thought I really understood a lot about it. I'd really, really researched and, and I'd, I'd experimented. I'd been into all kinds of diet from the whole standard one through macrobiotic, vegetarian, vegan, all kinds of things I'd tried. And um, 
then, you know, for, well, after I got rid of the gym, well, I owned that from about 97 until 2001, I think. After I got rid of that, I just forgot about everything, really, and got all fat and um, unhealthy. And uh, by 2009, I really was overweight. And I thought, it's, it's, it's really time to get this sorted out. So I thought I'd start to apply some traditional methods and some of them, you know, Ayurvedic and whatever methods to it and say, let's start up a blog and, and follow my progress back to health. Little did I realize that one year later, I wouldn't be any better. In fact, I'd be crippled with psoriatic arthritis. Mm. And so they're clearly that the conventional things that I'd spent so much of my life digging into um, and, and rejecting and going other ways, still they, were, they, they weren't enough, obviously, to get me back to health. And I realized after probably a year of being that sick and doing more research that so much of what I discovered was just nonsense. Yeah. And old dogma coming from the standard diet advice, the low fat diet advice, even the old Ayurvedic and vegetarian sort of dogma that I had stuck in my head. All of these things were, were just not reflecting our ancestral heritage. And it, it, it seems very simple now to when I can explain to somebody probably in five minutes how they can stay well and understand how to stay well. Um, but it took me that many years, you know, that many years to discover. So. Yes, I, I went through all sorts of stages as well after being that ill. I had a whole load of other things that were whispering at me for 10, 15 years, you know, rosacea, all sorts of back pain, skin problems, fatty liver, cysts on the liver, cysts on the kidney, uh, IBS, all kinds of things, all the just the regular things that break down in people that actually when they're quite mild, you just think, oh, well, that's there, that's there, you know. Um, but then... I started to discover a few things via the whole gut health thing, via Natasha Campbell McBride and the yeah. GAPS diet and, and, and then a few other things. And then looking into the whole business of light, um, getting rid of artificial light, EMFs, getting the circadian biology in, 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 in sync with nature again. And then suddenly things started to, to come together and I found myself actually in the best shape of, of my life. This was also with all the emotional things, also the emotional roots of it, you know, like it's all very well getting rid of the process and the inflammation. But why did, say, the arthritis go into one knee and not another? Why did it go into my ankles and not my elbows? Why does it? Rheumatologists can never, un, never answer this. But to me, it's an emotional thing. You know, the gut might break. The light is wrong. The cells go wrong. The deuterium's not being depleted from the cells. But then the emotions run riot, directing it to its points of, of, of the most stress. And the whole thing works hand in hand. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start because you said the deuterium, I'll make to go in that later on. And this is something where yeah. doctors, you know, they sort of come in, maybe a few of them, a fraction of came over to like the metaphysical side of things and mental, emotional side. And it's so true. I mean, I was, I was talking to you off air, I talked about Paul Check. He says, no one can describe, or there's no, there's no scientific test for love. We all know it exists. We can feel it. You know, when you're in love, you're, you can go, you can go batshit crazy when you're in love with someone, or you can do whatever. But there's no scientific test to prove it exists. But we all know it's there. This is the same with the metaphysical, right? And the men mental, emotional stresses that we go into, and how it affects our health. And this is why I was, I was talking to you about offline. I used to say nutritional therapist. I always say now I'm a holistic health coach because what we do is so much more uh, than just diet. Because you said if your if your mental, emotional state's not right, if you're getting bombarded by electromagnetic frequencies, if you're if you're if you're not getting direct sunlight, if you're not if you're not if you're not, these all things play a big part. But so quickly, I just want to say you've gone through all these. You're doing things that were conventional, and when you were in pain before you actually started to heal, were you still following these things even though 
because you thought, well, it's going to work sometime. Were you still following these things, even though you were in pain? No, no, I was, I was uh, not that daft to think that what I'd always done was going to help. Oh, some people, um, I've well, got to tell you, some well, people. I know, no, I know, right? I know. Because they, yeah, think, yeah. Cause they think it's written in the textbook, and so they keep on having it. Even when they eat it, they feel terrible, but they go, yeah, but it's written in the book, or my doctor has told me to have it. Well, when did your yeah, brain, I always say, when did your brain kick in? And say, well, every time I eat this, I feel terrible. So, yeah, just expand on that for us. Well, this is, I, I have friends up here in this community and I get very, you know, I get a lot of people angry with me for saying so, but in this community, there's a lot of vegetarians and there, there's a huge rate of cancer and autoimmunity. And I had two friends die within three hours of each other last year, you know, awesome. one of pancreatic, one of um, uh, a brain tumor. And I get in real trouble for calling them out on it, for saying, look, I, I, I think I can see the influences that are causing this in the north of England, this sort of southern indian diet in the north of england it's just not working um so yes i did but because i had the vegetarian brainwashing i thought okay what i need to do is to go even more vegetarian so i'll go vegan so i'll go raw vegan so i'll do all the juicing yes it can be very effective in the short term but i also think there's other ways around it because in the end it does actually the whole gerson therapy and thing for example i, I can see how that comes down to deuterium depletion as well but it's not sustainable long term. People think, oh, great, uh, that worked. So then, and I, I fell into that. I stayed in it too long yeah. and I lost all my muscle. Same and here, I yeah. ended up, yeah, I ended up from like, I, I don't know, I was about 15 stone and, and I ended up at about um, uh, 10 stone. And then I discovered cold thermogenesis and burned off, you know, or froze off rather the last stone and ended up for the first time in my life ripped. But it was at nine stone. And so it didn't look that great. I had to fight my way back. And so that's what the, the, the sort of the, the vegan thing did. So, yes, I did, in a sense, go further down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. But at least I did change. And then one day, I think I was just so desperate when I was thinking, I've got brain fog. I'm in trouble. I've, I'm, I'm emaciated. I've, I've, certain things have improved because I cut all the grains out, that kind of thing. But a lot of other things, I still have inflammation. I, I'm, you know, muscles are wasting away. I've, all sorts of things are still going on. And one day I just thought, you know, sod it. And I took a whole load of painkillers and went down to the Chinese take, Chinese buffet. And I stuffed myself with every bit of meat I could find. And this is not an ideal fast breaker, you know. But I was desperate. I thought, I've had enough of this. And suddenly my body was just saying, yes, I need this. I need this. And, and the brain fog was still there, I remember. I, I was walk, walking from room to room and I just didn't know what I was doing. So I'd go into a room and I, I'd forget. And I remember one day I was... Um, I was standing there and my, my daughter, who's nine now, she was like two at the time. And uh, I, I was trying to cook something which had burned. And, and then I, was, I had something, some water running in the sink. And it was flying off a plate and soaking my own legs. I didn't even know. She had to come in and tell me. I was that brain fogged. And all, oh, I'd, I'd around this time discovered Jack Cruz, you know, and his, he, he'd been going on about the whole fish thing. And I ate pretty much nothing but fish for a week. And the whole of my brain capacity came back again. <laughs> it, was, it, it just shows that those kind of diets, can, although they can be medicinal for a while, they, they can deplete you enormously in the long run. So I had to change absolutely all of my dogma and come back round. So when people see that I go on about sort of 100% carnivore diets now, particularly for autoimmunity, there it, it's not it's it's always been known in every culture. You know, Natasha Campbell Bride said nothing new, and in Ayurveda, it's there. You know, from thousands of years ago, people think it's a vegetarian science, and the Charak Samhita is saying it's meat is the most nourishing food possible for the body. So 
you know, we've we've come a long way from from just thinking, well, you know, the Inuit and the Maasai are healthy; they don't have this stuff. Well, so the thing is, with it, sort of put put on there, right? It's two things we talked about off 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 air. We're talking about how everyone seemed to help people now. It's, it's people that've been through this, you know, people that've been been ill and they found their ways through it, which is huge because. Um, it's showing that they've lived it, they've gone through it. And as you said, I was like you, I went vegan. It healed me for a long time because I was getting rid of so much toxic rubbish out of my body, you know. Uh, and, I, and I was eating poor quality meat. Uh, and then I got to a point where it wasn't doing doing me the world of good. I still eat lots of plant-based foods and I, I'm more, probably more balanced diet than you, which we'll get on to, which you talked about. But... Um, but then I did introduce like my, my grass-fed beef and the chicken, etc. And I felt phenomenal again. And Paul Chet talks about it as well. So a lot of other guys, like raw bros out there, they tried going raw vegan for a long time. They started to lose their testosterone. They started to feel mm. brain fogged again. They used loss of libido. I deal with loads of vegans that come to me and they say, well, I'm really healthy, I'm vegan. I say, but that's probably what's doing it. You haven't had a, haven't had a period in, in, in five months. You know, your hair's falling out, your teeth are rotting. And so... When you look at Dr. Weston Price as well, he went and studied all these tribes. He said the only people that didn't eat meat were the tribes that couldn't, it wasn't readily available. Whenever meat was readily available, it was the sacred meat. It was what they ate. So, exactly, yeah. Always the most celebrated in every culture. And this, is, and this is the thing, right? So when you're saying this to, to, to me, it's making complete sense because, you know, you've had to... You're, you, it's like the way that you say, for example, the way that we know more than doctors in terms of this, in terms of helping people, is because we've lived it, right? Uh, yeah. And then you've once again, you've tried the vegetarian and vegan. It worked for some things, didn't work for others. You've gone to carnivore, and that's worked for you. So, veganism right now is becoming like a religion. You know, it's almost like trying to tell a Jew to become a Christian or a Muslim to become a Jew. You know, people are so caught up in the dogma of it, they don't realize. And let's say a dogma is just like a a belief you have about something that isn't true. It doesn't matter how much evidence shows you it, vice versa. Because even if one person in the world does phenomenally well on an all carnivore meat-based diet, that still proves that you know there's always an exception to the rule, which which proves there are no rules. And I always say you just do what works, right? And it's brilliant that you're saying this because people need to understand that Phil's been through it. He's been through this, and in fact, he even told me offline we go into about how he how they actually ruined his son's health by going this way and I always talk about uh, these things to people so it's really interesting you've got to listen to guys like Phil because they've been down it it hasn't worked and in fact it caused more uh, detriment to his health than good and so I just wanted to put that out there for people you know you need to listen to people who have been through it because there's no one way and that's the problem I think in the health industry right now vegans getting a, a huge sort of upsurge but you know low fat had a huge upsurge and yeah, and going yeah, exactly. paleo, and this is like it's the quality, and yeah. don't just listen to one side. You know, I've, I've you see. I think I think the problem comes in when people don't add light and latitude to the equation. Of course, of course, because yeah. because you know, I, you, you the planet knows best. If you're if you're in if you're healthy and in balance, you're out in the sun, your feet are on the ground, and you can pick a banana off the tree. Then by all means, eat it. But if even in that situation, if you've already got some metabolic disease, it's probably better to go the other way for a bit. And then you'll be able to return to a time, hopefully, when the sun is clearing the deuterium, the sun, the sun is there enough for you to, to, to process those foods. In the north, in the winter, in Skelmersdale, where I live, in Lancashire, it's really not a good idea to be bananas or, 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 or you know, fruit that is, that is imported. It's confusing the body. It's, it's upsetting the whole circadian biology. And so it depends where you are. You know, if somebody likes fruit and veg and whatever, I, actually, I think, 
I think fruit is probably fine in the sun. And I think berries, there's a lot going for it, you know, with the polyphenols and whatever, even to add to a carnivore diet. But I, I, I think veg, veg is massively overrated. I think with people with autoimmunity, particularly, there's so much more. If you enjoy it and it really does you no harm and you're listening to your body honestly, then by all means eat it. Go for it. But I see tremendous – I work with a lot of people with autoimmunity and I see amazing benefits when they drop the last of the veg. It's like they're almost there. They're almost there. And I saw a great explanation for this from Chris Cresser, apart from the deuterium aspect. But is it about the, a, is it about the uh, mechanisms they have for defending themselves, plants? Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, okay. yes, they do have that. But it's also because – and I used to notice this when I was really ill. I used to notice that if I did mess up and had a big bar of chocolate or something, it wouldn't really hurt me. But if I had a load of starchy veg, even kind of low-carby broccoli – cauliflower things i'd get affected and i think it can't be because that's real natural food that's but actually then chris cresser pointed out that um very uh very much linked to things like um psoriatic arthritis and um um ankylizing spondylitis stuff like that is the klebsiella bacteria mm. which lives further down in the digestive tract so when you're putting all that, uh, that, those sugary starches or whatever from the vegetables down into the gut, it takes a long time to get through the cellulose. So it's carrying it further down into the gut, creating more activity with these Klebsiella and triggering the, the autoimmune response. Mm -hmm. And I, suddenly a light bulb went off and I thought, I've heard this time and time again. People can actually get away with simple sugars. I'm not saying a, a sugary bar of, of Cadbury's chocolate is any good for you. It's not. But, um, but it causes less hassle when you're ill quite often with something inflammatory than, than a load of vegetables do. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, if you're fine with them, absolutely great. I don't miss them at all. I never really liked them. Now, I do like fruit. I do like berries and stuff. And when the sun comes out again in the summer, I'll start eating some berries again. And if they disagree with me, then I won't. But apart from that, yeah, I only eat meat now. And I seem to see that it's totally safe. Do I think it's for everybody? No, I, I think do exactly what you want. But just to make it public that if nothing else is doing it, have a go at this. Because, and it is safe. That's all I say to people. Mm -hmm. Because I see that last amazing successes happen just when they drop the last bit of veg out. Even like you were mentioning before we came on, Sean Baker, who's the, the doctor who started off this whole World, world Carnivore Month and stuff. He's very mm -hmm. vocal about it all. The, he was a healthy guy, already very low carb. And, and the improvements he had to his performance and his health um, – uh, by dropping out the last of the veg about 15 months ago, I think it was now, is amazing to read. And I see it over and over again. Will it work for everybody? I don't know. I, I, I think it's a bit of a miraculous thing at the moment. And I, I, I'm, I've yet to see any disasters on it. But no, I don't, I don't say everybody should. But it's, it is, again, I think very much down to climate and environment. You're going to get away with a lot more starches and carbohydrates <clears throat> the further south you go. And even, even and even more your genetic predisposition to foods, right? I mean, because at the end of the day, we talk about epigenetics a lot. You're never going to get your, you're never going to express those genes if you live in a certain way. But yeah. if you're in a, if you're in a state where you are ill and you've got autoimmune response, etc., going on, and you start eating foods that your body's genetic expressions don't want they're going to cause a problem as well especially if you're if you're not in that area and i was talking about before lots of people so what phil was talked about there about bacteria in your gut and not breaking things down i noticed it myself with certain certain foods it wasn't until i got myself well and one of the other things which well, I, I think i mentioned it a couple of times on the show is you know certain plants 
are gonna when you see people get a reaction to things it's generally not chicken or meat or I mean I don't I eat some fish because raw fish because of parasites and things like that so it's a completely different thing but it's generally not meat or poultry you know or beef or lamb it's generally a reaction to a plant based food or a starchy food because what happens is that these animals when they're in the wild they have got claws or they've got something where they can actually defend themselves okay um, so it's like if we're trying, trying to kill an animal for its food they've got something to defend itself it's the way mother nature gave them something to defend themselves whereas these plants they sit there and they haven't got any, any way to defend themselves except for they have certain chemicals that they produce etc so that if we ate them they'd cause a massive problem with our, with us, with our health or our gut and it's their way of saying hmm um, it's, it's weird it's, it's, it's the way that mother nature gets them to defend themselves and try to make this in layman's terms as simple as possible because you know if you can't explain it to a 66 year old you don't know so these these plants have been given that as a mechanism so when you eat them and you get a problem mm, it's either you're not ready for them or you haven't cooked them properly or yeah say you're, 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 you just can't digest them um, so you don't really see also any conditions when it comes to meat you see them when it comes to plants because um, that's what they've been given you know if you, you, you see it I mean I think um and watching a watch show, it's why like animal cats, for example, they're surrounded by, uh, say, vegetation. Very uh, only a few of the animals out there. You see gorillas obviously eat vegetation, but animals, wild animals, they could be sitting there eating grass all day long. They don't eat grass. I mean, obviously, they're, what they're meant to be eating. But if they wanted to, they say, "Oh, you know, I haven't found a, an antelope yet. I could just go and sit here and eat a, a bushel of whatever." They don't. Um, one of the reasons, obviously, that they say they're not meant to, but also if they. I'm guessing they probably have tried it down the line and they know it just doesn't work for them. So you need to to understand this and it's really, really important, I think, that when you're getting these reactions, it's healthy foods, just because someone says an avocado is healthy, if you're real or if you get an autoimmune condition, avocados, things like that, are not great for people. I've seen people get reactions to everything because their body has a response to it and that's something that feels saying that you need to understand, you know, and definitely where you live and how you live plays a massive part in that. Yeah, and I think, I, I, as, you, as you said earlier on, that meat is, is probably the most celebrated food among any culture. They don't celebrate uh, <clears throat> when they bring some tuba back. You know, They celebrate a big kill, and they eat the other stuff when they have to because they've got no funny morals built up about it, and we just do eat like that. We'll get on to and that. So, we'll get on to yeah, that yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I, I, all I think is that now that meat is probably – the safest and most easy to digest food, which everybody thinks is nuts, but actually it is. And you see, there's a study on, on PubMed somewhere and it's great where they, they cut all the fiber out of people's diets. You know, these people with constipation probably thinking that it will ruin them. And they found out that in every case it improved it. There's about two weeks change over time, um, where the bowel sort of sorts itself out. But I've never known such good digestion as I have without the last of the plants. And I see this again and again. So I think when people do elimination diets, they quite often eliminate back to the, pro the, the, the foods that are problems. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll go back to some kind of vegetable broth or something and then, and then introduce things. And I think, well, if we knew how safe meat was, because all the studies are done on McDonald's eaters who, who eat the bun and all the Diet Coke and fries and pizza as well. So meat studies are nonsense anyway. Nobody ever studied anybody who only eats grass-fed beef. Well, they're, so, they're studying Homer Simpson, right? And it's just pointless. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bang on. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 for me, it's just to say that to take it back to that is probably the basic food and then reintroduce whatever you like yep. and see what it's like. But the, the, the way that the physiology calms down when you take it all the way back to meat. And I think every culture's known this, you know, the old chicken soup for the soul. You've got that chicken broth thing. You've got all, all the bone broth. Bone broth is phenomenal. Passion. 
Yeah, amazing that Natasha Campbell McBride's on about. I mean, that 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 healed my gut up doing yeah. the whole gaps thing. You mentioned uh, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, and she's brilliant. Um, talk about and it's her her work as well with Donna Gates. I'm a big fan of Donna Gates, um, and she's talking about a thing you're talking about there. It's not just people. I was talking about this with my clients, but not just people eating the wrong food. It's also they combine them in the wrong ways. So they talk yeah. a lot about food combining. So if you I'm just putting it out there, like if you if you sat there, I I, I had this. If I sat there at a big salad. Fine. If I sat down at a big salad, combined it with potatoes and meat, I could have an issue, you know. But if I ate my meat on, on its own, this we talk about this a lot of the time. Like people eating fruit with things that ferment in their gut. All these things that we're doing. If we were walking back when we were primitive, we find berries on the tree, we'd eat the berries. Or we say, Jimmy, we probably eat things on their, on their own individually, and we could digest them. But people are just putting all these different combinations of food in their gut, and they're wondering why they got an issue. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was I was reading. There, there's a book, The Fat of the Land, by. Stephenson, Wilhelmius Stephenson or something. Okay. Great book written like 1920, 30 or something. And, and he did all, all these. He was a, a polar explorer and he lived with the Inuit. And he, uh, he ended up coming back. The, the, the docs didn't believe that he'd been, you know, years on an Inuit diet without getting scurvy because he had no vitamin C and all that sort of thing. And but, so they but, put the animal, but the animals have got vitamin C. Yes, they say that. But <laughs> is there enough by our standard things? Probably not. So it might work by a different pathway. It's just, again, there's a load yeah. of old dogma there. It might be enough in there. There might not be. Who knows? But, but yeah, he came back, and then they put him on this diet, this whole only meat diet for a year in, um, in, 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 in some laboratory conditions. And, and they found that all he did was get healthier and leaner and with, with some other guys. Well, and it, so all the, everybody says, oh, well, a study's no good if it's only with two people. But it's the only one we've got. But yes, your point was good because he was he was just mentioning a bit that I was reading yesterday um, that when they say that a certain tribe or a certain culture's diet was, say, 70 percent meat, 30 percent fish, that you feel that they might be mixing it up. Actually, they're not. They might go months with only one food source. And then in a di- as the season changes, it goes to another food source. So they might be eating fish, you know, in the autumn and they might be eating uh, land mammals all the way through the, the summer. And so nature doesn't give you such a varied diet. We, we get this thing like this ridiculous eat well plate and whatever, you know, let's do a balanced diet and you have to have this many grains and this many this and all of this crap in the same day. I notice even sweets are on the eat well plate these days. So, you know, all of this crap with a big mm. low fat caveat at the bottom and and so yeah people ate a lot more simply just mono foods for a while so uh, food eating has become too much of a recreation for us and not enough of just uh, you know uh, fueling ourselves with electrons which is basically all it is so uh yeah and, and also you you mentioned about the, the combining thing and another interesting thing people don't realize is that in, in nature sugars and fats never occur in the same thing you know, as soon as there's a fruit without sugars, like an avocado, it's full of fats. So it doesn't really occur except in breast milk. And so that, that's the only time we should really be taking these things, whereas most of our addictive foods are carbs and, and fats mixed together. You know, crisps, chips, uh, Bliss factor, fries. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, biscuits, um, chocolate, you know, sugary chocolate. All of these things, these addictive things, a sugar mixed with fats, which we never get, which never happens in the wild. And so we get tremendously addicted to this. And it's something that we're never designed to. Just 99% of what, of what we eat is nonsense. I look through people's trolleys in, in, in the supermarkets, and I, I, my surprise is not that there's an autoimmune 
epidemic, but that anyone's escaped it. That <laughs> anyone hasn't got cancer. I always talk about this. Yeah. It's, our body's phenomenal and it can deal. You know what? Our body can live off cardboard if it has to. I'm not saying it's going to make you healthy, but you know, in the studies on this, with the, I think the, the rats talking about, they give them, they give one group of rats cereal, they give the other group of rats cardboard, and the ones that yeah. cardboard live longer. The cornflakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, one of my talks I said about this, you know, why were were cornflakes invented? To stop you wanking. Mr. Kellogg, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to bring bring everybody's libido down and control them. But they're part of a healthy breakfast. Yes. Yeah, I know. so cavemen were waiting around for millions of years, waiting for cocoa pops to be invented. I don't think so. They just ate what they'd eat at any other meal. I talk about this in my seminars. I say, like... uh, Kids are kids are given. Uh, we were talking about kids having ADHD and not being able to sit down, and, and all these other symptoms saying they're disruptive. And like, we give them breakfast. Oh, you know, we had he had cereal with like, and what was on that cereal? Milk. Okay, so you're giving them a, a dead food with no enzymes in it, which is full of artificial sweeteners and, and 47 to 53 percent sugar. Um, then spray with glyphosate and pesticides and whatever else. And then you're pouring on that cereal more sugar, dead sugar that's been pasteurized, homogenized um, from from dead animals, basically like animals that are dis- diseased, and you're wondering why he's got a problem. And it's like, it's not he's got ADHD, it's his, it's his diet is completely, what, what do you expect? You're giving him like dead food, no enzymes in there, complete sugar, and good luck. And, and like, Yeah, but, but to be really healthy, then chop a banana on it in the middle of the winter yeah. in the north of England. Yeah, So even when you try, the information isn't there. It's no wonder people don't get well. And the docs say to me, when I was sick, diet will never have any effect whatsoever. Well, okay, yeah, if you give up toast for a week and then somebody isn't totally cured of their raging RA, then absolutely, yeah, that's, why, that's what they're basing it on. You have oh. to go miles. You have to go miles. <clears throat> I mean, the amount of things we have to do. My mum's 94, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer a couple of years ago, and she showed it to me. It was like eight centimeters by the time she bothered to say anything, and actually I'm glad it was because all the years back when it probably started, I would have probably let her go in for conventional treatment and she would, she be would have been dead by now. Yeah. yeah. My nan happened to so, my nan, mate, six weeks. Then she was dead. Yeah, and died, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we've reversed it. Oh, of course, yeah. Got, no, got, you got, haven't. What? Without uh, chemo and radiation and yeah, surgery? No. Oh, no, it's daft, isn't it? <laughs> so, so obviously I'm lying and it's just anecdotal. But, <laughs> you know, we, we've got pictures. i got pictures of this horrendous uh, tumour that was coming through the skin and it was all purple about to ulcerate. And mm. then away it went you know we started off with the with the regular thing she went practically an all-meat diet so forget that for being carcinogenic mm. um we we tried it with all the mushrooms and all that kind of thing all the ratio and cordyceps and we hit ev- with everything seac tea all of that and the cannabis oil but you know she's 94 she got a bit sick of being mashed every day so we stopped with the cannabis oil because we weren't using the cbd we were using the naughty stuff because i think that's where the power is naughty if it's stuff, if it's there yeah, at all uh-huh. Naughty Sorry? stuff, air quotes, naughty stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Ridiculous, isn't it? So, uh, yes, and it started shrinking. But then she'd had enough of that, and so uh, we had to stop it, and, and it started to come back again. So, obviously, I was looking for one more piece of the puzzle, and suddenly, I, I, it's funny, isn't it? You just really research and research, and you look at it, and then I thought, iodine. This is absolutely brilliant for fibrocystic breast syndrome and whatever. People who have anything wrong with, with breast tissue mm-hmm. – it's usually an iodine problem, and let's see what happens. Cis in general, like a lot of the iodine, iodine deficient. Absolutely, yeah. So, so we loaded her up with that, you know, at quite a high dose for three months, and then tapered it off. And I'd forgotten about it. I thought oh, it won't work. I, I hadn't 
realized that, well, I hadn't really taken notice of the people who'd done it saying quite often it doesn't have any effect till four or five months after the loading phase. And then suddenly it disappears. And one morning I'd kind of given up. I thought, well, okay, we'll just keep her as healthy as we can. And the oncologist has said he'll, he'll cut this, um, this lump out under a, a local if, 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 he, if it ulcerates. So I thought, okay, well, it's all right. And then suddenly one day she said it's going away. And I thought, yeah, okay, let's have a look. Honestly, it was like half the size. The skin had come back to normal. It was amazing. And it's continued to improve since then. And so I just got her on a very, very small dose of iodine. And also still on it's 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 almost a keto diet. She has such a sweet tooth. She's 94. I go, what the hell? So she has some, you know, Greek yogurt with some berries and a bit of honey now and again. But that's about it. Yeah. Um, apart from that very ketogenic diet. And it, it's amazing at, at, at that age, you know, you can you can make improvements like that. I think it took a while. I think that that lump had been there for so long. But apart from that, you know, she must have had the thing for about eight years, by which time most people would be panicked and full of chemicals and had their breasts cut off and radiation and everything, where she was asymptomatic. You know, I think cancer, there's too much of a panic. You, you do have a lot longer than people think. Mate. If you get diagnosed with it, sit back and, and, and research, because if you panic, number one, you'll get the fear, and Stress. number two, you'll get the chemo. Stress. And how many people, as, as you said, you know, how many people are given uh, sort of six months to live and a week later they're dead? It's, it's the sheer panic that cancer is, is yeah. You tell someone cancer. they've got six months to live, they're going to live six months generally because it's like the power of the mind is huge and it's something we're going to get into. You know? I, did, I mean, it's just, if you swear, 60% of people that did nothing survived their cancer. You know, uh, yeah. it's like if you do nothing rather than going and get your treatment, which is we say it's got like a very short percentage of people that get past. You're giving your body pure uranium. You know, good luck with that um, radiation. And, and they say it's one of the things true about cancer. They say cancer's not a death sentence. It's the body just crying out for help, and it's a self healing entity. You know, like once yeah. you give it certain things, that unless you're too far gone, um, it, it's got miraculous. And you say. These tumors, as you say, they, a lot of them they take before you even notice it. They take like you, you have to work at cancer. You have to be, they probably be before they even noticed. You get 10, 15 years of working on it. So people say, I'm all right. Yeah, but you don't know what's going on inside your body. This is why we always talk about prevention being better than cure because you want to do things right. And look, it's all about damage limitation because everyone wants to live a good life, have a bit of fun and go out and do whatever and be sociable because, you know, we're social beings and even these tribes, they had food for the soul where they probably, like the Red Indians did certain things, you know. Um, but, if you're doing things right, 80, 85% of the time, because people always say, oh, all these, come back, I may do that, I only do this, but you do it, yeah, but you, may, you do that every day. And it's like, well, I don't want to be taking this, this, this. It's like, yeah, but the reason we, we we don't have blue light at night and the reason um, that I do intermittent, if I fast every day until I eat twice a day, um, the, the reason that I take certain supplements or I always buy organic food and I don't have chemi- I have chemical-free um, like soap and skin wear, etc. Et all these little things add up, you know, so it means that when I do step out and I'm a little bit naughty, I don't get the backlash that I would if my body's already been exposed to, you know, because so, we're not, in, we're not in 1940 anymore, we're in 2018, and we've got Wi-Fi, and we've got these things that are right here, you know, mobile phones, and we're a, we're a different we're a different stage, and, and as much as people say, oh, it's, it's evolution, we evolve, yeah, well, the, the, the human genome hasn't evolved that much in the last 60 years to the point where it can take all this abuse without having problems, um, so I completely understand where you're coming from, you know, and sitting back, analysing, reviewing things, saying, well, you know what, what am I doing wrong here? Am I exposing myself to this frequencies all the time? Am I, is my shampoo toxic? Is my soap toxic? Is my running water toxic? You know, because you're not just drinking that water, you're brushing your teeth in it, you're washing your clothes in it, you're, you're cooking your food in it. 
And it's all these little percents all add up. And if you cut them away, all of a sudden you've got 40% less toxins coming in your body daily. That's huge, right? Before you even get to the diet part. Um, and yeah. so this is Absolutely. why we say like the diet's the big thing because we talked about, I'm going to get you to talk about this, but you talked about it off air. You said the reason you talk about diet so much is because, you know, people eat every day. And it's also, you mentioned something else about blue light. People be like, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I sort of understand that. But when it comes to diet, there's so much dogma around it. You need to almost get it out there. And I've just seen one of your posts where you put that up about, uh, Sean Baker, I really want to get him on the show. He's he's, he's talking about that, you know, at five, at fifty years old, he's breaking world records in the rowing um, mm. for his performance. And you put a video up about, and you said, look, in the, the day, I don't really care about what you eat. I just want you to see the other side of things. And you got a guy on there, come on, Gerald, I think his name was abusing you, saying <laughs> whatever that you do care about what people eat. You can't put this up, whatever. It's like, no, I honestly don't. I just want you to understand that things aren't black and white. And, you know, this, this dogma we've been sold about being vegan, etc., isn't the answer for everyone. I mean, you even found that out with your son, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well Jed, he, he comes up quite a bit. He's, um, he's actually a real old friend of mine. He's, he's one of the, the TMers, and uh, I've known him for a long, long time. He's actually pretty open-minded, but he keeps on having a problem about thinking that it's like you've got one side to carnivores and one side to vegans, and we're arguing about which is the best diet. It's really not what's going on at all. It's 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 just that uh, Sean was going on about the the, the real aggressive trolls of the, mm. among the vegans, you know, and and it's it's very easy to 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 think that when you're when oh no for most vegans they're just chilled out they yeah, I think yeah. they, they've just they've just got the wrong kind of kind of idea about exactly what happens in the human body because very often veganism is the first change that people make they eat in one certain way then they go vegan. Like if you find some 100% carnival, generally they've been everything else. You know what I mean? Because it's so much dogma to cut through to get to that, that they've actually quite among them are some of the best healing stories and the most educated people in the low carb, the, the carnival, all that kind of thing. They, they, they seem to have actually tried everything else. But yeah, with, with the vegans, it's it, it just the, the aggression that comes across. But when it, And it's understandable if they're thinking they really are saving the planet and they really are saving the... Um, the, the the environment and it is good for your body but actually when you look deeper into it you know the, the old thing of the amount of um animals that get chewed up by the vegan diet that harvest in the in the combine harvesters the amount of land that's taken away from whole species the the, the ecosystems that are destroyed by the grain and the soy plantations and then they they always say well <clears throat> most of this is is fed to the animals that you eat and and well actually i don't eat them i, I eat grass-fed animals but they, they have got a point, and, and I, I, I'll, I'm happy to join with the vegans in some protest outside feedlot places and factories. I think, I think we all sort of like stay yeah, there, right? Yeah, but, no one wants you know, that. Thinking, thinking that we are actually vegan, there's never been a culture that is, and, and it doesn't really work um, long term. <clears throat> and, and, and it isn't as, 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 uh, as moral as, as you think. But So that's what, that's what happens underneath these threads, and why I, I talk to Jed is because He's an old friend. Generally, if I come under vegan attack now, I've learned to, to, to ignore it because, like Sean, except for making his vid that he did recently, because it's, it, it just becomes so illogical. They're always quoting studies and uh, weirdly sort of bending science. And then when they ask for studies and you give them some, 
then they say, where are the studies? It's weird. It's like they can't see it. It's, it's, and so there's really no point talking to, to the militant ones. You know, like, like somebody who's fanatical about anything. I'm, I'm not really having a go at vegans. I'm really not. I'm having a go at that mindset. Yeah, yeah. It's fanaticism. You know? yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So when you talk about this as well, first of all, people go vegan for the first time. And they, and well, you, know, even, you can be an unhealthy vegan. You can sit there eating Mars bars. And, 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 and exactly. Like bread, yeah. but, but most people, if they go vegan and they're trying to be healthy, they cut out processed foods and refined grains and they cut out all the bad things you know the chocolate the soda and also they feel good it's like well of course you've cut out all the crap you know and your body's yeah. cleansing um but i've interviewed leah keith who um really yeah, good yeah. book here vegetarian myth and we talk about monocrops and, and how they're destroying the planet um and look we're all about we don't want our animals sitting in cave foods up to their knees in their own feces um eating eating corn and, and dust and, and sawdust and plastic pellets and petroleum and and rendered food and all these things because no one wants that we're talking about you know this is book out it's um farmer um Farmers of 40 Centuries uh, by Franklin Hiram, who, who looked at the organic farming in, in China and said, look, he compared it to the American farm. And they were able to grow on, I think it was like five acres, what an American farmer could grow on 40 or something like that. And so they talk about how organic farming is absolutely sustainable for the world. But they try and tell you it's not with all this GMO crap and all this. Because, I mean, is it is it population control? I don't know. You make your own mind about that. I know. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult not to be a conspiracy theorist when you see how it all ties in what with the big it? companies it's, it's like, that make the pesticides. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the... And the, and the pharmaceuticals and everything, all the same companies exactly oh, yeah. it's weird it's like conspiracy theory it's like no what's conspiracy it's just people someone trying to do something without people knowing right it's like a secret thing going on without people knowing so conspiracy theory and then people like come out there and, and like the vaccines anything else it's like whistleblower i don't know it's it, if it's that or if they're just so stupid that they think that these things are we're above nature we're the only population we all say anything in the world that thinks we're above nature you know i always say you never see a rattlesnake out there with dementia you never see an alligator in the same way you know because we're the only ones that try and try and do things differently and wonder why we've got all these issues oh it's down to bad luck no 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 you've been taking the royal piss and now you're ill you know, get back in the box do things right and it's amazing how the body responds and i always talk yeah. about there's a lot so many people come to me ryan i I'm trying to get healthy. I watched this documentary on Netflix called What the Health, and now I've gone vegan. Ooh. Yeah, and now I've gone vegan. And I'm like, hmm, right. I said, well, going vegan for a lot of people, short-term can be phenomenal because you're cleansing your body. But long-term, it has it has a lot of issues. I deal with that, and I try to explain that to people. And also, who's made these documentaries? I always say, like, something people quote studies, and I look into it, and straight away, someone's quoting a study about, I think, I can't remember what it was about the other day. And I looked into it, and straight away it was... Um, Funded by a site, funded by, uh, what's it called? Um, the, the, one of the big companies, the five big companies in, in America that run all the food, 90% of the food supply. Can't remember what it was. Anyway, it was funded by one of them. And I was like, it's bought and paid for, mate. Like, you get your quote on me studies that have been bought and paid, um, bought and paid. I'll, I'll remember it in a minute. And it's the same, what the health? Who's, who's funded this documentary? Um, and what results are they trying to? You say scientists these days are, are modern day prostitutes you know they give you whatever results you want as long as you pay them enough and and what the hell comparing i think eggs to cigarettes like, yeah, i know it's funny like, isn't it? like, where, and, and chick, no chicken causes diabetes apparently yeah not sugar <laughs> fat all right yeah no. uh, <laughs> really that's, that's such a weird one and there's a great one where there's Zed Dog or something, isn't there, on YouTube, a real doc watches what the health. I always advise people to watch that with him. There's about 10 minutes of it where he's it's quite a funny one where he's, he's just sitting there going, oh, no, and then refuting the points one after another. But, yeah, they're funny, those documentaries. They play on people's really good hearts and good nature. 
because you know there's that and there's there's uh, cowspiracy and forks over knives and oh, right, uh, yeah. yeah and all of these this these, is why people are so confused right yeah exactly and so you know it's very easy to see that you come to that i mean i probably believed that although i didn't adhere to it because i was never that moral and so I, I didn't go veggie for, uh, for really for moral reasons. I went veggie because I thought it was more yogi-like. You know, mm. that was my motivation, really. Mm. So I, I wasn't so stuck in it. But you can see that if, if people get past that, if, if people haven't been sick yet, it's their first dietary change and they watch what the health. I mean, there was a, there was a, a, a lady, I forget her name now, but she's another one of these great, very knowledgeable, low-carb ones who's cured stuff. And she'd put some post up and then she got under terrible vegan attack underneath and and one of them w- was was on about this and, and all all this stuff and 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 then she just started a, her her reply with, "I understand that you've watched Cowspiracy and now fancy yourself an expert." And I thought that just summed it up really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, I sound like I'm taking a piss, but really, they comes from a good heart. They do, they care. But if they look at the reality of it, and there's no way around it, that every every diet has a, an environmental impact. And what about compassion for our own bodies? You know, what about if we, the universe is all one? If you're in tremendous pain, I actually, I think, I think your views change. Mine did. I'd have eaten anything. I'd have done anything. At the height of my agony, I'd have murdered and right. eaten my neighbor right. if I'd have thought that right. it would cure. Right. So I, I defy a vegan who, who, who is in tremendous agony with rheumatoid arthritis to, to, to not think, do you know what? If I had a steak and I got better, I'd have a go. It changes your perspective completely. And, and they don't seem to have a problem with lions. They don't stand there in the Serengeti getting between lions and, and, and um, antelope. And, and then they say, oh, well, but we don't have to eat meat. We're, no, we're just the only species stupid enough to ignore our ancestral nature. Right, this this is, is what we've eaten. This is what we've eaten. You know, have, have compassion and acceptance for the fact that, yes, we are carnivores stroke omnivores if we have to be. What the hell? Get over it. And then yeah. cause the least suffering as possible. And I think, actually, then they go, oh, well, we can't feed the planet on that. Well, yes, if they rearrange the land, they could. But perhaps insects are the answer. Perhaps we're going to start having to, having to eat insects and stuff because that, you know, eating insects, weird as it is in our culture, it's perfectly accepted in others. And, oh, and yeah. it's a hell of a lot better than soy and grains for, you know, that a, a, a diet of grasshoppers and worms is not going to trigger your autoimmunity. <laughs> well, no, madness. They even start putting parasites in people to try and stop autoimmune conditions now, haven't they? Um, like different worms. But I mean, you're talking yeah, about the Helmet therapy. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, autoimmunity for me, it's like the body attacking itself. It's like the body's never going to attack itself. It's actually trying to attack something else. This is why the word autoimmunity, like, yeah. <clears throat> it sort of does my head in a little bit. Because people say, oh, my body's attacking itself. Yeah, but why is it doing that? You know, it's not attacking itself because it's not stupid. It's attacking something that he thinks is there. And, you talk about there's a, there's, a, there's a famous guy who's a vegan who goes around and you know I always say I mean if, if that's what looking like vegan want is I don't want to look like it you know so he's got a strap of muscle on him and I'm like he looks some of oh. so he's going around talking to farmers like why are you doing this the animal doesn't want to die you know but oh, it's like, him. yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I look at people and I'm just like mate you understand like this is this is where talk about compassion for animals and that the animal didn't want to die. I'm pretty sure that zebra crossing crossing the uh, the lake or the river in in Africa didn't want to die either. But when the animal, when the alligator or crocodile gets it, you know, it's, there's nothing compassionate about that. That's nature. And um, people talk about the best way. I know that the best way for me to try and help the planet and to try and help other people is being the healthiest version of me. 
Now, yeah. if I take meat out of my diet, I'm not going to be the healthiest version of me. I've done this test on myself. You know, I don't care whatever science books tell me. No one's going to, no one's going to have a better, better knowledge of myself than me when it comes to how I feel. So when I eat meat, I feel really good. Now, I don't eat it like you exclusively, but it is in my diet. And when I have it, I feel good on it. Um, and so I eat it for that reason. And the healthiest me is going to be best for the world. It's going to be the most balanced. It's going to be the person that's able to help other people. It's going to be the person that can go out there and change the world, even if it's one person at a time, you know. So I look at it like that. Yeah, so I look at it like that. So why would I try and deplete myself and make myself... Some vegans go, well, I, when, well sometimes some vegan put the other day, I'd even consider killing my own children if they ate meat. And I was like, oh, oh. did you see that? No, this, I've seen stuff like this though. You I got I got accused of no, I got accused of child abuse and and you know abusing my own children for feeding them meat. You know they're great, they're real healthy. My daughter's the only one who doesn't seem to have time off for sickness at school. She's you know we take her out for five days when the vaccinations come. We don't, I don't even want the, the other kids sneezing on her after that. It's another total nonsense well, after, rabbit after, hole. After the shame viruses, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and this, but, yeah. But, you know, she's absolutely. And then, and then it, it, it sort of feels a bit weird until you realise that actually, when you really deplete yourself of DHA and you start to have these kind of diets, they, you know, there's there's no the brain isn't being fed. There's no dopamine in 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 the system. They're not they're not really having any 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 discrimination. You know, things go horribly wrong, and the the mental issues are, are, are very very common. I I think it's. Um, probably quite controversial of me to say this but the the the, <clears throat> the recent video of Sinead O'Connor having this horrendous meltdown in her hotel room and and people say oh well of course it was to do with her abuse as a, as a kid yeah sure that 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 was the ammunition but 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 what actually fired this ammunition was was the long-term veganism and and, and she's also talking about um lots of gut issues and, and multiple mental health problems. And this is very common with long-term vegans. And, and the longer they go on, the, the less likely they are to see it because they're so convinced they're on the right track. Their whole system falls down. Well, yeah. I was never that entrenched in it. You know, I used it as a, as a tool to see, is this the way to health? I found that it wasn't. But, but some are so stuck in it that, that they have very little chance of getting out, even when they get to a stage like that. And, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's quite tragic, really. Yeah, I'm probably I, I, yeah. in trouble with that because, you know, people will say, no, no, she was abused. She was a, yeah, and I, I really sympathize with that. But, but my, my, my missus went through all kinds of horrendous things as a kid as well. And it doesn't necessarily have to end up that way. It, it, that, that, that sort of abuse of the body of long-term veganism will put that thing, that kind of thing under a microscope and then, and then take people's attention away from how intimately connected the gut is with mental health. Oh, you know, the, the, I always say to people that I think they've been showing studies that eighty to ninety percent of these mental health issues are, are, are related to the gut. You know, I think it's, um, I think it's your gut uh, affects. I think it's your gut and your heart. I think they've got more. I'm trying to think. It's the microbiome in your gut and your heart. They affect that your health even more than your brain does. It's like it's amazing. And uh, you're talking there like this is this is the thing with these people that have gone vegan. You know, generally, they've only been doing it for like six months, a year, two years. I'm dealing with people that have been vegan for 10 years and they're in a trouble or, f- or even two years or three, four or five years. Leah Keith was vegan for 20 years and she said she's done irreversible damage to her body. You know, these are not people that have been doing it for a long time. And so they're getting the benefits of it before the other things start coming in. And then yeah, they start yeah, to say, exactly. and then they start to say, well, you know, um, I can't be because of veganism because I've been really healthy. Yeah, you were healthy because your body was cleansing, and now it's and now the same thing that cured your cancer, for example, is giving you cancer because you because you're not nourished enough. And the one about 
Uh, so I had one of my friends, um, girlfriends, we came around there and she's like staunch vegan and, and uh, I'm not going to get into who, who it is because uh, it's, it's, it's other things that are just like terrible for her health, but she's staunch vegan, etc. And that she wants her child to be vegan. And she said, oh, well, haven't you read this book? Like, uh, we're not even meant to digest meat. Like, uh, uh, we're not, our, our guts, our, our enteric system isn't meant to digest meat. And I was like, look. I'm going to be honest with you, you've read a couple of books, on, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking, you've read a couple of books on vegan, yeah, and you think that, that that's the thing, I mean, I've read hundreds of books on different types, and I've listened to all these, I've got 54 hours of my own stuff out on the on the, on the the internet podcast, I've listened to 10,000 of different hours, and all this stuff, who do you reckon has a more well, well-rounded knowledge about this, yeah, first of all, and second of all, there's a study, I think it was M.D. Byron, who went around, and he actually noticed that the different tribes, uh, if they were more exposed to meat and could eat meat, they actually had a shorter enteric system. So they had like gut lengths of 20, 20 to 22 uh, meters or, or foot, sorry, foot. And then those that were eating more exclusively plants, they'd have longer, like 30 to 40 meters. So our body is one of the only, the only, um, species on, on the planet where we get away with eating differently and everyone can be healthy because our body can actually adapt with that, um, I'd say we're actually that sort of evolved where our body can adapt. So depending on whether you're eating meat, 20 to 22 meters a uh, foot if you weren't it was like 30 to 40 meters and it was just showed that our system can adapt and depending on what you eat your physiology changes and as you say then your mental state changes etc so those studies the, the people they quote things and they haven't done the in-depth research so i've been doing this nine years and i still find out things so when people come to me after a couple of months of doing things i'm like yeah it's hard not to be so you try and be nice and not be arrogant about it but it's like Mm, I've been doing this nine years and I'm still like finding things and researching. You're doing this two months. Who well, everybody you? eats, don't they? So they think they're an expert. Right. <laughs> so it's, and it's, like, it's like I'm dealing right. with people who've got chronic issues. Yeah. Not yeah. people that are just trying to get healthy, but people like yourself who've got chronic issues, or it be gut, diabetes, uh, whatever it be, you know. So things are different for those people and you need to do the research. You need to actually be like, like you probably, this is now, this is my passion. So for me, listening to things and researching, it's not a chore. You know, it's actually no, it's fun. Not. You get stuck in it for yeah. hours a day, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's and fun. And you realise that <clears throat> today I've probably done a, as much research into it as somebody else has done in their whole life because you just get so passionate. Somebody will see two or three articles in the Daily Mail and away they go, you know. Oh, saturated fat might be okay for you. And the next day, oh, eat more statins. And so, you know, it goes round and round and confuses them. That's far same um, as but, one. But yeah, yeah, yeah you, you do. I mean, the thing that's really clarified it for me now is this deuterium thing because – it's 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 seen that the, so what is deuterium so go for it because okay, might, okay, right. might not know what it Listen, is i'm a terrible old hippie you know and i i'm no good at the science stuff but i shall do my best um well de- deuterium is um an extra isotope of hydrogen so when attached to the hydrogen it becomes heavy hydrogen and when this is in water a high percentage of this in water it becomes d2o you know so you've got heavy water and a lot of people, a lot of cancer researchers have found, well, not so much the research that suggests the big pharma people, but a, a, a lot of the doctors who seem to be curing this, like there's a, an African looking guy who's uh, called Dr. Dr. Q, Q-U-E, sounds like a Bond villain or something, but he's, he's very cool and, and he's, um, he's uh, had tremendous uh, success with, uh, with getting rid of cancer in people just from drinking various grades of deuterium depleted water. So... Um, the explanation is that it stops when deuterium gets into the cell. It's like a, a fat guy stuck in a turnstile, as a friend of mine, Graham Norbury, pointed out to try and explain to my my dummy mind about it. 
a fat guy stuck in the turnstile, nobody else can get through, you know, a tube station or something. So it stops the cell turning over, stops the redox potential. The cell isn't uh, respirating. It's not, it's not turning over its water. And, and so things go wrong. It becomes confused. Deuterium is also pro-growth. So it's great for kids. Um, it's great in the womb. Its fruit is full of deuterium. So it's part of the reproductive cycle. But when you put it into an adult, um, then it causes excess growth of cells, it causes aging, it causes autoimmune diseases. All of these confusions that the body goes through because the cellular, cellular signaling isn't working. So, <clears throat> right, what's low in deuterium? Well, as foods, okay, we'll start, what's high in deuterium? Uh, fruits, very high in deuterium. All processed foods, carbohydrates, grains, all of the things that generally cause these problems. Um, that people notice for other reasons, go, oh, it's inflammatory or it ruins the gut. It does all these things. But at the root of it, what's actually going on at a cellular level? Okay, it's high in deuterium. Maybe there will be another much better lens to look at this through uh, than this. But this is the best one I've found recently. It really ties everything in. Um, so what's really low in deuterium? Uh, well, basically animals that have eaten what they're supposed to have eaten, um, fish, animal fats, uh, saturated fats, you know, these even cause the body to uh, make its own deuterium depleted water. Think of a camel hump, you know, it's not full of water, it's full of fat, and this mm -hmm. is how they hydrate themselves. So, um, depleting deuterium, uh, Jack Cruz would, uh, would get cross with me if I didn't say at this point and stress, it's not about diet, it's about light. And if you're in the sun, you can get away with a lot more because the biggest depleter of deuterium in the body is, is sunlight. Always talk about that. Yeah, and, 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 and the sun does pretty much everything. So then what do we do? We cover our eyes up with sunglasses. We cover our skin up with uh, sun creams and out we go, you know, and get burned all day long. And, and this is causing the skin cancer problem. And so lack of vitamin D, the deuterium buildup, everything. You can see it in vegetarians and vegans at a certain age, and you can never quite tell what the age is going to be. But if they persist at it, like I, I have a lot of friends in, in the community here and I'll see them and they'll look kind of okay for, for years. And then suddenly I'll run into them again. I haven't seen them for a year. And I'll, it'll be an Asda or something. And, and they'll go, wow, you used to be so ill. You know, how, how have you done it? How have you got well? And, and I point into my trolley and I point into their trolley. And I've realized I hardly recognize them. And I cannot say this back to them, that they look good because the skin's gray, because the teeth are falling out. You know, there's, there's brown, actual brown stumps of teeth. And this is their diet that they think is healthy, that they persist with it over and over. And they could not possibly because Maharishi once said that you shouldn't eat meat or something, you know. So it's just this ridiculous business brought over by the gurus as well. The brainwashing is coming from all angles. And when you see it in the light of this deuterium, you can see that in the north of England, they're eating a high grain-based diet in the cold. They're not getting enough sun. They're not getting out there. They're probably staring into their computer screens late at night. So the circadian signaling's all over the place. Um, you know, it, to, to actually put it right, once you've dug through all the dogma, it's actually pretty simple to get a, an ideal day together in whatever environment you're in. Like Jack always says that you'll never cure anything completely in the postcode that you got ill in. So yes, to get optimal, you might well have to move down to the Yucatan and get the best of all the light, water, and magnetism as a friend of mine's just done, to go and buy like 500 acres out there and set up a whole self-sufficient place. And we're very tempted to go down and build a house on the land. No, and I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Cool. 
But yeah, so in, in the north, so what can you do? You can eat really high fat, low carb foods. Where, whether you get away with, you know, leafy greens are, are low in deuterium. This is how a plant uh, reduces the de- uh, depletes the deuterium. So they are low deuterium. This is probably another reason why the Gerson therapy works. Um, but the, 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 the fibers in it can be a problem if somebody has digestive issues. So, you know, maybe if you want that stuff out of the, out of the green leaves, juice it rather than eat them. I'm always a fan of saying we have teeth, you know, why, why do we need to juice? But, but in, in certain cases, people maybe, don't chew enough though. That's the thing. I always say one of the people always ask me at my seminars, they say, what's the most common thing that you, you find? And I'm like, I always say, you know, if you do one thing, it's like the Taoists say, drink your food and chew your water. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. because you know you got your spleen energy in your mouth, and people don't chew. I say, run your tongue on the side of your mouth. Yeah, that's the same as it is in your gut. You got no teeth down there, you know. So you need to chew your food. You need to masticate it. And most people just bang, 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 swallow it, and they wonder when they got issues, or they don't notice it for a while. But you know, you haven't got the teeth down there, and most people are so depleted with the hydrochloric acid and all other things, but and then they got the wrong, back, they got like gut symbiosis going on. So it's just a nightmare for most people. But I always talk about the French paradox. I always say, you know. The French, they drink loads of wine, they eat loads of cheese, pasta, bread, and whatever. But it's a thing that they're one of the most leanest nations in 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 Europe because when they eat, they take their time and they relax. Yeah. Rather than we eat while working at the desk, then then then, or in the car driving or whatever, we're not thinking, and then we don't chew because we just wolf it down, um, yeah. which is yeah. huge. And it's, it's you know, I was that. thinking about that the other day, and again reading this Stephenson book, and I just wonder if this is again another. Um, uh, pointer towards the fact of how easy meat is to digest because definitely when you're eating all the plant matter and stuff like that chew it as much as possible start the digestion process this starts in the mouth you know mm-hmm. and people don't realize that but then he was saying that the inuit they sort of bung bung a, a bit of meat in their mouth chew it twice and then swallow it and you think really? oh okay interesting mm-hmm. and it just it it it, it, it got me thinking I how, how cooked was it how cooked was it was it cooked well, some of it's raw isn't it raw, some yeah, of, so, yeah. Some of it's raw some of it's cooked they mm-hmm. they do both mm-hmm. you know he says that they might eat raw meat one day because they can't be asked to get up and cook or whatever mm-hmm. if they're moving around mm-hmm. and then other days then they'll cook it and they boil it and they have all, all kinds of different ways of eating it mm-hmm. But, but well, they don't anymore because they eat grains and they're all sick, you know, because our stupid diet's got everywhere. Right, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, it, it's if, if you look again at all the cultures and, and what they ate across the latitudes, again, it ties in with deuterium. If, if you're in the cold and you're not getting enough sun on your skin to deplete it, you're going to need a really high-fat, low-carb diet to, to deplete that deuterium in the cells. If you're not doing it, then you're just piling in more and more. If you're eating all this healthy fruit in the winter and someone's told you to do that, then it's, it's just increasing deuterium constantly. So it, it, what is a health food and what isn't? This has always amused me about the paleo crowd. Is it paleo? Well, where do you live? What's your inflammatory history? You know, where it's, it's not a matter of is a banana paleo. It entirely depends where you are on the planet. Well, this is the, this is the thing you're talking about. You've got people sitting there saying, I'm eating paleo. They're sitting there eating like uh, cocktail sausages and uh, processed meat. I'm like, yeah, mate, that's really paleo. <laughs> or, or, or you've got other people, they're trying to be, they're trying to learn from a vegan. Like they're going vegan because their guru is vegan. And like they don't realize their guru has been like born and raised in India and they're doing, and they, it's completely different. As you say, different culture, different background, different climate to what you have as your genetic predisposition. You know, so this is people need to understand this and do what. See, the, the thing we come back around to is do what works for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a, with a, with a view to. And so, how do you find out what works for you? 
mostly by looking at what nature would give you and then fine tuning it with your own intuition. So if you have like ancestral knowledge plus some good intuition, you can ignore every diet guru in the world because it's all nonsense. And, and, and you know, the, again, the, the deuterium thing, how to deplete it in the, in the, um, in the north is cold thermogenesis. Mm-hmm. You know, get in the cold. This is, again, very deuterium depleting. What's happening when you're putting a, a bag of ice or peas on a joint? Oh, it's calming down the inflammation. Yeah, but how does it do that? It's, it's more than likely that it's allowing the, the, the cells to, to sort themselves out quicker than they otherwise would. Which is, again, why, why athletes now are getting into this cryogenics and whatever, you know, whatever it's called, um, to recover quickly. They're, and they're getting in cold baths as well. And, they're to, yeah. and, and, and it really helps with Wim, recovery Wim, of the Wim muscle. Hoff, Wim Hof sort of stuff is Yeah, yeah, on, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, look what it's done to his immune system. He can fight off a uh, virus, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he gets a live virus into him and he's breathing. And this is why I say it was at the power. Yeah. It's another thing as well. If someone really does believe in veganism, uh, the power of the mind is huge and it does well for them. That's brilliant until the body starts to actually give out. But the power of the mind is huge and so is like the breathing and other things we're doing. As you say, like, it's it's a huge, there's so much to talk about around it because you say you say your intuition and, and sort of knowing yourself and understanding that things aren't black and white. Things are not always going to be this way. You might react to one thing and the sun is so phenomenal. Like, I, I actually recommend like sunbeds for my clients, certain sunbeds. Low yeah. powered UVB, you know, ones that have not got they've got electronic ballast, not magnetic ballast. You know, Doctor McCoy was talking about this for years before they went to town and him had to take all his stuff off his website because they said it was like, like well, against against the FDA or whatever. He got sued for millions for it. I think he fought him in court for ages. But you know, you don't really get enough sun over here this time of year um, from whatever. So I say six to eight minutes once a week. You know, you're going to get. It's, it's, it's nothing can compete with UVA, UVB light. I know it's artificial, but it's not the same. If you can go away on holiday, brilliant. And as you say, yeah. people put so much stuff on their skin. But this is why so much of this around, it's why it's so much more than just diet. But diet's a huge part because people are going to be eating two, three times a day, or maybe more. Some people are eating seven times a day. You know, you think, oh my God, <laughs> when you're giving your body a rest. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You've got, to, you've got to let it get into a bit of autophagy, haven't you? And that's the yeah, thing, yeah, absolutely. So, but, but, yeah, I think, I think the way to deal with it when, when you are stuck in the cold, though, is to feel the seasons. If you are in, 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 in the winter, in the north, then, then get out in the cold. If it's snowing, yes, get out. Go on, run around. See how long you can stand with your feet there. Then go and put a bit of some shoes on and stand there and have a bit of a shiver walk. Roll they, around. They do it, it in Russia there with the kids. Yeah, exactly. You see yeah. people right underneath with the comments, this is just child abuse. No, no, no. This is when they, they were the Ill. healthiest. Yeah. They're laughing. They're great, aren't they? I've seen yeah. that bit. Yeah. And they were the, the class that had no, no um, absenteeism from illness that year. Mm. Well, why is that? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're feeling the seasons. We are wild animals. Well, we're, we're zoo animals now, but we've just got to have a, have a way of, of, uh, of fooling the body that it is still in its natural environment. Yeah. And that's not actually that difficult to do. We can have the best of both worlds. People go, oh, well, we're not cavemen. We can't do this. We can't do that. But no, we can't. But we can do the best we can. And then it involves a little bit of discomfort. People go, oh, I could never have a cold shower. But actually, if you really get into it, it's only the first couple of seconds that's a problem. Then you stand there, you get this glowing feeling, then you start to shiver, you get out, that's it. You know, you don't go past that. It's not a matter of chilling the core temperature. Yeah. But, but the amazing benefits that doing that through the winter has, not just, oh, a little bit of a cool shower when you're sweaty in the summer, just actually get into cold showers in, in, in the winter and just see what it does for you. Even to stand, oh, out, even to stand outside, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Just stand Absolutely. outside. Just wearing less than you do. Mm. Turn the central heating down a bit. 
you know, wear fewer clothes. My, my, my little boy, the, the one who just went out just before we spoke, I always say to him, do you want a Coke? No. Fine. Absolutely fine. I, I'm the one running around with the kid. He's in, he's in like a T-shirt or, or sort of a long sleeve T-shirt like this while, while it's, it's cold and there's snow on the ground. And the other parents probably think, oh, he's so cruel. But no, I'm really happy with it. If he's comfy with it, that's cool because he's feeling the seasons. Also and and system, this yeah. is great for the, the, the immune system. Yeah, yeah. We, weren't, we weren't born with central heating. And it's one of the things like it stimulates oh. the, the autonomic nervous system, the vascular tree. It's phenomenal for like testosterone. It's boosts the immune system. It's like it's obviously you say straight away. Most people are massively inflamed. It calms inflammation. It's it's phenomenal. Like there's so many things for it. Phil, I mean, oh, when I was really sick, I used to absolutely hobble into the bathroom, have a ten minute cold bath, and just dance out. It was that quick. It was spectacular. I got obsessed with it that winter. I used to just roll around in the snow and everything. You know the best thing about it as well, Phil. What? It's free. Yes, exactly. You know, sleep. Most of the things are sleep free you can throw herbs at people and different diets at people all day long and whatever but unless you actually sleep you'll never realize your full potential your immune system will never be as strong as it can be and you'll just be pissing the wind you know and people like if you've got people like much as i love all these gurus like tony robbins out there talking about things and uh, gary um vanachuk i think his name is or whatever it is that they're brilliant about talking to people about growing businesses and doing whatever a lot of them say, oh, you need four or five hours of sleep. We keep doing that and see where you're at um, yeah, yeah. for a I've year heard. or two. It's nuts, isn't it? Um, sleep nuts. is just like the body's best way to rejuvenate and repair itself. You know. I just did a video, actually, of the 10 top tips for sleep, and I've got a blog post with about 23 of them. Mm. But it started for me when I was, I was uh, um, really sick and only sleeping a few minutes here and there. And then I remember the first night that I put orange shades on and then had a cold bath. And I went to bed shivering, think I wasn't even going to sleep a moment. And I woke up 11 hours later. You know, I was so desperate for sleep. And finally, it allowed me to do it because I'd I'd finally allowed my body to trigger some melatonin in me. Did you wake up with wood as well? Obviously, obviously, constantly. Mm, Well, since... Since this, since this, uh, it seems to be just going back to seventeen in that department again. No, no, because it says it's one of the things it does. It like it, it, it releases testosterone, it, it increases increases sex drive and libido. It's like it's a culture. Whenever I go away on holiday, like, the first thing I do, I get up in the morning and I go and just jump in the cold sea for like five minutes. Oh yeah. yes, I always do that. Yeah, 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 always do it. Um, Phil, I know we've kept you for like an hour and 10 minutes here. I want to get you back on the show because you've got a lot more to talk about as well. And, uh, I think we could be here all day long. I know you've got a busy day. So guys out there, pureactivity.net for Phil, uh, go and find his book on Kindle arthritis, the best thing that ever happened to me. And Phil, we'll be getting you back on mate and we can keep in touch. And, um, you can also find him on Facebook. What's the best place on Facebook to find you, Phil? Well, uh, just, just find me or find my pure activity page, or if, if you want to come and join in, it's, it's really fun, actually. It's very irreverent and it's, uh, it's, it's my Facebook group that I started at the end of December just to help about three or four friends out with, uh, with trying this carnivore diet for a month. And it's absolutely exploded. I think there's about 1400 on there at the moment and within two months and, um, what's, what's <clears throat> Hundred percent carnivore and beyond. Okay. And Sean Baker's on there. Jack Cruz is on there. Paul Mabry, wonderful zero carb doc with a huge, great blog there. Very wise guy. You have to. Link, um, you have to link me up know, with a few of these guys. So I can get them on the show. Get this information out to more people. I know Jack Cruz will, and cool. Sean. Yeah, we'll get them on. A great, a great guy to have on as well would be would be um, um, Graham Norbury, a friend of mine who who really, really he came to one of my early uh, uh, 
ancestral health talks that I do sometimes. And, and he walked in with orange shades on. I thought, hang on, this guy knows something. Mm. And he's really studied all of this. And for somebody to, to talk about uh, the real ins and outs of light and deuterium. It's quite a cool great, look as well. Great, <laughs> Huh? It's quite it's a cool look. Like people think it's the other man, but if you walk around wearing shades on at night, people think you're mad. But it's quite a cool look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're seeing it more and more now. You're yeah, seeing yeah. it more and more. Hundred percent. You are candles at candles at night, things like that. I mean, it's, it's just... what we do. We got candles at night. We got uh, orange bulbs, red bulbs upstairs. Um, we've even got a screen that we put with Velcro over the front of the TV, so that if the kids do turn it oh. off, the blue's taken out of that. What was the thing you? I wanted to put for our audience out there. What was the thing? Iris. Is it Iris? Iris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, um, is it Iris? Iris. I'm trying to think. I think it's Iris, isn't it? Is the uh, the thing for um, doing your That's computer. it, yeah. yeah. So much better than Flux. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got great um, – yeah, there's a, there's a link to it under that uh, recent thing I did. If you go to my YouTube channel, there's, there's quite a few vids appearing on there. There's a link to the Iris underneath, um, underneath that and to some good shades too, actually. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing program, and it deals with Flickr as well which I think is very important, which, which Flux doesn't do. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Lots awesome. of good toys out there too. You know, it's, it's easy, isn't it? Go out in the morning, get the sun in your eyes, get your bare feet on the ground, eat when you're hungry, preferably some low, much lower carb than most people are used to anyway, and, and, and get some midday sun and get some orange shades on in the evening, keep the blue light out of your eyes. It's really not rocket science, you no, know? It's no. that simple. Mm. And it's taken me 35 years of studying this to... To think it's really actually that simple. It's that simple. And when you and listen to your body, don't just listen to the to the dogma or the scientific studies. Listen to yourself and know yourself. And once you start, the problem is talk about it with Jason. Talk about most people are so toxic they don't, they don't even know what to believe anymore. But it's one of those things. Um, yeah. Phil, we're going to get you back on. So it's www.puretivity.net. Um, obviously, as I said before, arthritis the best thing ever happened to me, and a hundred percent carnivore. And beyond. And beyond yes. on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun group, not for not for delicate flowers. That's right. Oh, it's cool. It's <laughs> few, great. Few snowflakes. It's awesome. Right, yeah. But um, Phil, thanks very much, mate. And we'll get, we'll get you back on in the future. It's been awesome talking to you. You too, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on. No worries, mate. Speak soon. So, guys, that was Phil Escott talking all about reversing arthritis and you know we talked about a lot of different health issues there we went to a lot of different topics and it was an awesome conversation um i want to get more into him with the carnivore diet i'm going to get a few other people in his uh in his 100 carnivore group on it's going to be brilliant i mean it's a real powerful conversation that covers so many different topics you know, and I'm I'm sure you got lots and lots from it. And Phil, we're going to get Phil back on. In fact, it was my fault. We actually had to cut the interview a little bit short there. I had another I had another appointment booked in um, to, to speak with someone, so it was my fault. Um, we're going to get him back on because I could talk to Phil for a lot longer, and we'll be we'll be going through lots of different issues that he's dealt with. Especially really powerful talking about his son and his family and how it's affected them when they went vegan, etc. So. Brilliant interview, and it's it before you can find him at pureactivity.net, and we will be getting him back on. So, guys, that was episode 55. As always, we mentioned before, any issues you've got, any health issues, guys, you've got and you want help with, head on over to www.reviveyourself.co. Lots of articles in there. Also, if you want one-to-one help, um, click the contact, fill out the form, and we'll get in touch within 24 to 48 hours. Obviously, we've got a free four-day mini course in, uh, in there. You can follow us on Facebook at Revive Yourself 
um, forward slash natural health. We're on Instagram, revive underscore yourself. And, um, you know, I've got my personal page on Facebook as well. You can find me. Blue. It's the same as I said before, the, the podcast logo, blue background, me drinking a smoothie. Revive yourself. Oh, that's Ryan Martin. You'll find me on there if you want to follow. Otherwise, guys, that's it for this week. Um, can't wait to get the next week's show going for you. Uh, always love doing these interviews. Something I really enjoy doing and I hope you enjoy listening too. Um, Oh, oh yeah, five-star reviews, guys, if you can, on iTunes. It'd be brilliant, wherever you're listening from. Um, and even on our Facebook page, the more five-star reviews we get, the, the more people, um, the more information we'll be able to get out to people so we can start changing more lives. That's what I really want to do. I want to try and impact as many people as possible, try and get the information out to stop people suffering. Um, because, you know, when I think about it and think about it, all the people that are in needless pain, it just really, really makes me emotional, uh, and I just know we can help so many more people. So by by getting it out, so if you can share the share the podcast with people, all our information with people, the website with people, um, five star reviews would be great. Anything we can do just to get the information and, and about natural health and living a natural life and changing people's lives around as much as possible, that'd be great. Otherwise, guys, as I said before, stay happy, stay healthy. And I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. If you're struggling with gut issues, such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today. 